Hello, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to the second episode of the What in the World podcast with me, your host, Oliver Dennett. So before we get into what's coming up, did you listen to the last episode where I discussed everything from Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, hearing about Liam's experience of living in the USA, and also understanding the ins and outs of food delivery service, Joppa, as I spoke with Carlos Tamal. I like to see Joppa grow organically, as in, I would like to see, obviously, us taking on more shops that sell unique, specialized products. If you'd like to hear more about what Carlos has to say and have a look at the Joppa website, please feel free to visit it at www.joppa.co.uk. However, on to today's episode, on to now. Let's see what's coming up. I speak with personal trainer Jason to get the nitty gritty into what it is like being a personal trainer in lockdown. Make it personal, it's in the name, personal training. So see what it is they want to achieve, look at what their lifestyle is right now, and then start to make little tweaks, cut things out, put new things in that are going to take them and progress them to their goal. I'll be getting to the bottom of what people think of Black Friday. I think it's been positive. I think it's helped. A lot of people have uh, been at home. Some people have been working from home. So I think it's increased it. Sales, increased sales and popularity. And keep listening to find out why I get shouted at like this on this week's quiz. Give me 10. So you 100% got that question wrong. They technically got it right. Well, they don't point it off you. You can give us 10. <laughs> However, before all of this, let's find out a little bit about what has been happening. So a big major story is that the Xbox Series X and its rival, the PlayStation 5, have both been released. The Xbox Series X has been released on the 10th of November 2020 and the PlayStation 5 was released on the 19th of November of 2020. So only nine days in it. However, let's get down to the actual aspects of both consoles and what they both have to offer. The Xbox Series X has four times the processing power as the Xbox One, as it will support 120 frames per second and 4K resolution. Games played on the 4K resolution can include NBA 2K20, Forza Horizon 4, and Gears 5. So let's compare this to the PlayStation 5 that also has 4K 120 frames per second gameplay alongside a new controller that has haptics with a new renovated new user interface. Obviously at these launches you can imagine Sony and Microsoft are releasing a whole bunch of new different things. One thing Sony has advertised is how there's a dual sense that changes the experience of gaming in relation to its audio. However, one thing that Sony does, Microsoft must do, and Xbox has its own new improvement on its audio as spatical sound has been introduced with the help of Dolby Atmos and Windows Sonic. So what will be interesting is to see how the audio can relate to the gameplay and how the consumer's experience is of this. This in comparison to the PlayStation 5 that has a new Tempest engine and that basically means a new 3D audio which enhances the sound in games giving it a more overall experience and a more satisfying use of the game. Right, one big big thing about not only consoles but any sort of technology that comes out is how much memory it has. The Xbox Series X has an 8GB flash memory 
and one terabyte of HDD internal storage. Its retail price is £449. However, if that's a little bit too much, there is also an Xbox Series S that is advertised at £249.99. This is in comparison to the PlayStation 5 that has an 825GB SSD internal storage with an external and expandable storage too which is available. It is advertised at exactly the same price at £449.99, however it doesn't have the smaller version. However let's get into how big this Xbox actually is. So its dimensions is 30cm by 24cm by 6cm which makes it the biggest Xbox ever and that's advertised by Microsoft. So does size come with power and does power come with the best experience available? Let's wait and find out. However in comparison the PlayStation 5 has a size of 39cm by 10.4cm by 26cm making it a very different size and build to the Xbox. With lockdowns happening all over the place, people actually haven't been able to get into store to buy them. However, the online sales have completely sold out, well that's what Sony have advertised. So getting your hands on one might be a little bit harder than first thought. So that's everything I know so far about the Xbox and PlayStation. However, there's been so many more other things going on in the world, such as the Amazon rainforest, I don't think it's getting enough media coverage as it should be because of the coronavirus. However, let me tell you a little bit about the deforestation and worries that's actually going on at the moment. The Amazon rainforest has surged to a 12-year high as 4,281 square miles of rainforest were destroyed in the 11-month period of August 2019 to July 2020, making it a 9.5 increase from the previous year. Climate change is huge and it's not stopping. With 16,000 species of trees, it keeps carbon on the ground and not in the atmosphere. So that's how important the Amazon and the trees are. However, with the models suggesting by 2050, temperatures in the Amazon will rise by two to three degrees and a decrease in rainfall during dry months may lead to between 30 to 60% of the Amazon converting from a rainforest into a type of dry savanna. And one other story that has been in the news this week, I mean it is 2020 so I am going to talk about it, is COVID-19. COVID-19 has caused 60,000 UK deaths, making it the fifth highest country to show such figures. With only the USA, Brazil, India and Mexico have more recorded deaths. In terms of deaths per 100,000, the UK has more than all of these countries, with only six countries having a higher figure. These countries, you may be wondering, are Belgium, Peru, Andorra, San Marino, Spain and Italy. Although Boris Johnson says every death is one too many, he may have the new Pfizer vaccine live on TV. However, I went to speak to the public to see if they would take the new COVID-19 vaccine and if they had any precautions about it. I'd take it because, um, well, I want to survive and I think it's a way of surviving. 
I mean, I'm 71, so I want to get to 81. What about any of the side effects? Would you be worried about that at all? Well, I'd sooner have a side effect than death, you know what I mean? Yeah. Can't say it's killing me. Might give me a headache or something, I believe, but, you know, I'd sooner get on and live and be able to go to the pub. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to take uh, the vaccine uh, just because... Um, it's a new vaccination and, and uh, you're not very sure it's going to work or not. So I'm going to probably wait for an year or something like that. We will wait for a bit. We want to see how it works on other people and things like that. I would, um, just because I think it's going to be helpful for the larger community. And would you be sceptical of any side effects it may have? Um, I might be. I mean, I'm a nurse by background, so I know how... I know how the system works. I know it's done fairly safely, so I'd be all right with it. Oh, OK. Could you give me a little bit more of an insight in how it works at all? How, pro how the safety test works. Yeah. It's just a case of trialling it across a large number of numbers, um, taking averages on side effects and seeing how it goes. And once the vaccine's given, you have to wait in a room for a little while to see if there's any side effects anyway. So you're not allowed to leave straight away. OK. And do you think that is the safest method? Uh, I think it's the safest method we've got at the moment. Well, I guess it's fierce like already tested like more into it and obviously yeah well i was uh, quite going out a lot and i had a lot of things planned to like go on the holidays and everything like last year i was like this year i was supposed to go like to netherlands to norway and shit like that and now like oh yeah i would do some like research into it like beforehand but yeah no not a chance and why is that just out of interest well, I just don't trust in something that have uh, been more or less shoved together in no time. When vaccines take years and years, there's no way I would let me or my child have one. And as Christians, we just don't believe in it, especially with the one about putting a chip in there. I don't want people tracking me. So that's a little bit about what you guys have to say. Some of you may have it, some of you may not, and some of you may wait until it's up and running. However, speaking of running, Something that got 615,269 signatures was a petition against the gyms closing due to COVID-19. Industries have shut and people are having to put their careers on hold. I spoke to Jason at PT regarding everything about the industry, charity work, religion, and also when he started doing his job. Unofficially, uh, a few years ago, uh, there was a, a few mates of mine, one wanted to do a Tough Mudder, one wanted to get stronger in the gym, put on some muscle, another girl wanted to run a 10k, um, so just through that I was training them, I got alongside them um, and it kind of spun off from there really, uh, have you thought about doing this as a job, you're pretty good at it, so I got my studies done um, and I officially started PTing uh, just over a year ago. And have you done Tough Mudder yourself and been involved in a few challenges regarding gym and exercise? Yeah, 100%. I like to uh, I like to push myself, push my limits and challenge myself. So I've done a, I've done a few Tough Mudders. I've done a few half marathons. I've done a few marathons. Recently this year, I did a 100-mile challenge where I ran from Liverpool to Manchester and then I jumped on a bike uh, and biked down to Birmingham. So next I'm looking at an Ironman. Oh, OK. So the challenges haven't stopped there. You're not no, saying, no, no. oh, that's it, I've done one, I've done two. Right, that's it, pack my bags and stop. No, not at all, man. Uh, I think anyone that goes to a gym, they wouldn't go train hard to then go the next week and push less reps of a lighter weight. Uh, you know, you want to continue to challenge yourself. So, yeah, that's me, seeing where my limits are. And you say yourself that you've sort of set yourself goals. 
But as a PT, how do you ensure that other people are setting goals rather than just coming into the gym, doing their hour, doing their 45 minutes and then going home and that's it? Like, how do you make sure that they maintain what work they've already put in? So the people I work with, I think accountability in anything is uh, is massive. So whenever I'm working with someone, uh, we s- make it personal. It's in the name, personal training. So see what it is they want to achieve. Look at what their lifestyle is right now. And then start to make little tweaks, cut things out, put new things in that are going to take them and progress them to their goal. Now, one thing I like to do is keep in contact with my clients throughout the week. You know, they've got an overview of their program, whatever that looks like, whatever elements are in that. I keep in contact with them and give wins. I think the biggest thing to to achieving a big goal is when you break it into smaller chunks and you get wins. You see your progress and you get a win. And then the next week you get a win. And over time, you can look back and see, hold on, I've gone from there to there. Even when it comes to hard training, as long as you feel like you're getting a win, you'll put the work in, you'll put the graft in. So they're the two things. I want every client to feel like they're winning, even on the off days. Look at it objectively, take things into consideration, and yeah, be accountable. And that's that's one of the big things I'm there for. I'm there to make sure you keep on it. Mm. And in order to make sure that you keep on it, obviously there's a big, big physical part of the gym because that's your muscle growth and how your body adapts to the weights or maybe cardio. But is there any sort of mental challenges that you feel there are? Looking at barriers, let's just break it down real simple. I go back to giving people wins. When you start to hit wins, your can'ts become can-dos. Okay, I can't, no, I can. As you start to build a bit of momentum with with wins and yeah, I can, I can, I did it again, or I did this then that momentum starts to build anyway. So the barriers, they, they start to fall down kind of just as part of that process. And things that actually push people, when you're in a session with me, maybe you would stop at eight reps on yeah. your last set. I'll squeeze extra juice out of you. I will get you that extra couple of reps. I'll get you that extra set. And that's where that mental toughness comes in. And again, the same thing, building up a win to drive through and know that you can. Because sometimes when I train on my own, I feel like, oh, I can do 12 here to start with. I'll push it down to 10. I'll go down to 8. But I would say if I was with someone or I had some motivation there or another voice, another head saying, come on, do this, do that, yeah. it might help push me. But how how do you find it? Do you feel like when you're on your own, do you go down or do you use your own motivation in order to push uh, yourself? No, 100%. I, I love... There's tools you can use, like forced reps and and, um, and drop sets and things like that as well. But, I mean, I can push myself to a certain limit, um, but if you throw someone in there that's going to train me and coach me, they will do the same thing. They'll push more out of me than I can get on my own. Okay, and um, obviously 2020 must have been a bit of a tough year, obviously for everyone, but if your industry's closed like yourself, how have you found lockdown? Has it affected you negatively, positively? Fortunately for me, my overheads are quite low. I don't own a gym. Um, you know, I haven't got a, a family. I haven't got children to support and stuff like that. So, um, so in terms of that, um, I didn't have certain pressures going into the first lockdown. So for me, um, it was really rolling with the punches and learning, um, particularly making little videos, social media. I completed another course uh, to do with rehabilitation and certain conditions. Uh, to work with people with exercise so so I basically looked at what I had available you know we were in a lockdown you can't meet people you can't do this and I just took what I had I'm quite good at classes so I set up a zoom account and offered free classes I said look I'm not charging but if you want to make a donation if you're in a position to 
please feel free. And, you know, thankfully, praise God, um, a lot of people actually donated and that kept me afloat. So I did Zoom classes, I educated myself further. You know, I learned how to use technology. I'm a bit of a technophobe. Yeah. Stick me in front of uh, in front of people for a, in, in a one-on-one setting or a class setting, I'm quite good. Get me behind a laptop, my head melts. So I really had to, um, that, that for me was, was digging deep and pushing hard and overcoming certain barriers. So I guess the things that I learned in the gym physically and that I do, I had to then translate into, okay, right, you can't be technophobic when you've got to work from your laptop and got to work from your home. Um, so that was it for me. I really had to adapt. So as uncomfortable as it was, um, I got a lot of growth out of the first lockdown. I, I didn't waste my time. And how have you found social media and PTing combined as two different things coming together? Is that something that has definitely grown in 2020 and you can see it using now in the near future? Or is it something that once the gym's open and lockdown's off, do you reckon that's it? No more, no more. No, I think social media is definitely a platform that I'll continue to use, but it is graft for me. Honestly, putting out a post and doing videos that 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 I find a challenge. So um, yeah, my social media game needs to needs to level up a little bit. But I can do stories and I can do posts. So I'm basic. That's the main. I'm basic. Yeah, but from a guy that didn't know what Instagram really was in February 2020, I can navigate Instagram. So I'm doing all right. I just wish I knew about your Zoom workouts that you were doing. You know, I just wish I could jump on them in March because <laughs> that was something that was terrible for me. I mean, how long were they closed for? Like four months. Uh, yeah five nearly six months I think and then I had about two months of getting back into it and trying to get my muscles back up and running but then after that Boris just was like nope no more and then we're coming out of lockdown in Manchester and going into tier three how do you reckon that's going to be compared to if you were living down in Cornwall or an area that's either tier one or maybe even tier two how would you think that might have affected you? Oh, we're just rolling with it, man. You know, we've dealt with March 2020 and everything that came from that. Yeah, we are in tier three at the minute, whatever that really means. Um, you know, things are still a bit confusing. But, um, you know, we roll with it. Outdoor groups can run in certain numbers. So that's where I'm going right now. Online stuff can still run in numbers. That's where we go right now. Uh, the gym can operate on a one-to-one basis. Those things, we just run with what we've got. Mm. And obviously with the gyms closed, it is very hard, not only on yourself, but on your mental strain. How do you feel or what mental health benefits are there from physical exercise? Mental health benefits of, of exercise are just extensive. I mean, just click it onto Google. Um, but, you know, the release of endorphins and serotonin. So, you know, you get that release if you're stressed or, you know, you're feeling pressure or you're a little bit stir crazy from staying in. A workout just gives you that release. A, physically... Um, you know, you get a sweat out, you get to release some tension, but then also, you know, like dopamine is released in your brain. So you get that flood of, of happy hormones, so to speak. And I think it's important um, that people go for that hour exercise. Like we had in, in March, you could go out an hour a day. I made the most of that. Definitely made sure I was strategic with the time of day when I'd probably have a slump um, and I needed to go and get out and do something. And, um, and yeah, just refresh, revive myself a little bit. And I think um, exercise, you know, if that is just a stroll in the park and letting your head clear, if that's what works for you, do it. If it's home body weight workouts, get on it and do it. Um, You know, the intense stuff. uh, I mean, there's research to show that, that, you know, high intensity workouts um, release more endorphins than just a stroll in the park. And is that something you prefer, the high intensity workouts? Yeah. I do, I do. I like to. I like the mental challenge of it to uh, push through when I'm feeling fatigued and I'm feeling tired. 
I like to you know push through them pain barriers a little bit I like to feel that I'm increasing my fitness and not just kind of keeping active so so yeah it's it's in regards to exercise I think it's more important to find something you enjoy and you like because then it's going to be a consistent sustainable thing unless you've got a specific weight goal you want to reduce to or get to or there's a sport you want to get better at get more specific but I think in general yeah keep it enjoyable and you've said there a little bit there about your, the strengths that you have and what how you deal with a few certain things. But would you say you have any weaknesses as a personal trainer? I've got loads of weaknesses. Oh, as a PT, of admin. I'm awful at admin. <clears throat> I'm a, like I say, I keep in contact with people, um, but like I say, laptops and spreadsheets and paperwork. Um, yeah, that's that's the part I don't particularly enjoy. That was something that came immediately <laughs> to your head and you thought, if I had a choice, I'd knock that on the head. Yeah, I need a personal assistant. <laughs> I, need, I need an Where do I sign? What, what's, the, what's the fee? <laughs> the fee? Uh, I'll train you. Workouts. Workouts I'll, I'll and meals. You, yeah. <laughs> That'll do me absolutely fine. I'm not complaining about that. Although you may go to the gym once, twice, three, four times a week, however many times it is, how would you say you could maintain a good body or your, a physique that you like and look in the mirror and think, yes, that's what I want? Although you might have it for one or two days, how do you maintain it for one or two months, one or two years? How do you get that next step? Diet and training. Yeah. Simple as that, those two. Yeah, I mean, it's simple to say, Yeah. but the uh, you've got to be dedicated. You've got to know your why. I think to just... To just say, oh, I want to look better, I want to look a certain way, and I want to maintain it, it's not really going to be enough. You know, in the grand scheme of things, people have emotions, situations change, we've got jobs and lives, and all the rest of it. Um, unless that really is your thing, and you attack it every day, and that's your passion and everything, um, I think... You're going to need something more than just a why. You've got to know a why, a deeper why that affects you on a deeper level. You say you need to understand why you're, you start, why did you motivate, why are you doing the exercise now? But yeah. what made you begin workouts? Was there a particular place that you were and you felt like, <laughs> I need to get out of this? Or did you just feel, look in the mirror one day, look at your body and think, no, I want different? Uh, for me, like I say, um, it was helping people. I love helping people and that was part of my why creating opportunity is another part of my why um my heart really beats for community stuff you know if, if you want to if you want to be a bodybuilder and look aesthetically sculpted and muscular and have muscles popping out of certain muscles i'm not your guy but the community stuff really does get me going oh, and just to say there's nothing wrong with that i just know that's not me um if i wanted that i'd go to a guy or a girl that that's their thing <laughs> but um, no for me it's community um bringing community together the mental health stuff um is a massive one the creating opportunity uh, building culture all of that stuff and really helping people like i said before um getting wins you know if, if you lack confidence and you walk into a gym and you know that's been a big thing for you to step inside a gym environment because that can be intimidating and then you start training, you, you get your first win, you did a class, you smashed it, then you, you're hitting weights a few weeks later, you're pushing more weight, you're feeling a bit better. Okay, you're getting wins and your confidence is growing. From that, you know, people becoming everything they were created to be, that's that's what gets me going. Seeing people become everything they were created to be. And that's just not in a physical sense, you know, the mental stuff is in there. So so yeah, why do I do what I want to do? Um, 
I love seeing people win. I love seeing people succeed. I want to create opportunities. I don't just want to be a PT. I'd love to have more scope and to help more people and have more resources to fund things in the community. You know, there is such a need. There's such a need out there. There's, you know, particularly with the lockdown, um, suicide rates are up. Poverty rates are up. Mental health issues are up. You know, things are in decline. Domestic violence, um, women dying. All of these things are up. And I think that community needs, you know, homelessness, up, addiction, up. There is so much need out there um, that needs targeting. And, and there's one thing talking about it. There's another thing actually wanting to do something about it. Then there's the ability to be able to do something about it. I mean, I run, I run sessions out on the street. I try and pull the lads in. Um, but, you know, need a bit of direction or can't quite, can't quite see past the current circumstance. And that's a little inroad. If I can signpost from there, what do you want to do? I want to do this. I want to be a teacher. Right, link up with this guy. However I can work that stuff, um, I think that's important. So there is a massive need. And if I had the finances, I'd pour more finances into the community. But, um, you know, we build. We build and we continue to progress and get better. So, so yeah, the big why for me. About the community, though, what sort of community did you come from in order to want to give back as much as you are? So, my, uh, my, my upbringing was pretty sound you know my mum and dad split up um but you know home life was all right I got on um but I made certain decisions myself that weren't the best decisions took me into a darker environment I ended up homeless for quite a number of years uh <clears throat> found myself in addiction uh for, for a lot of those years gave my 20s over to addiction uh, and was most of my teens so um so coming out of that I think I, I'm very very grateful for for life right now, for where I'm at, and um, and yeah, I think I think that's um, I think that's where part of my perspective definitely comes from. Um, being in a place of absolute brokenness, and then people seeing something in me that I couldn't see myself, and then where I am right now um, is not a bad place. You know, I've uh, you know I'm a PT. I work. I've paid for my education. I've kind of you know come up from a, a low a low place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that definitely helps. Some people might still be in that sort of locked headspace thinking, how do I get out of it? How did you get out of it? Two, there were two things that happened. Um, I gradually, gradually it just wore me down and wore me down and wore me down. And I wanted out for a long time. Um, you know, I wanted out of, uh, of heroin addiction for quite a long time. But I didn't know how to get out. And I'd reach out and there were, you know, there were programs and bits and bobs out there, but none of them seemed to sustain me or change my life. But, it, but part of it was coming to the end of myself and wanting change. Uh, and the second part for me, I went into a, into a rehab in Reading uh, once. It was a Christian rehab. And I didn't know a Christian before I went in. When I came out, they seemed to be everywhere. So I had all these mad Christians inviting me to church and, and reaching out to me. I, f- I thought they were off their heads. But over time, um, you know, I began to see, see something in them that was really attractive. Um, really attractive, like, okay, these seem genuine, they actually seem to have a heart, they seem to care, um, you know, nobody's perfect, and you could pick holes in anything, but there was something in there, so um, so I started uh, I started to accept a little bit of the help, and, uh, and that's just been a journey from there. And now, have you accepted God into your life, or did you not have him there before? What sort of journey have you been on with Christianity and faith in itself? Okay, yeah. So there was no, there was no God or no Jesus in my childhood or growing up. Uh, didn't want to know about it. It was very much like, well, 
religion causes wars and the church is corrupt. And I had all sorts of mad ideas and mad without actually knowing anything. How, <coughs> how about your parents? Were they religious at all? No, my mum, uh, they didn't go to church, didn't talk about that stuff or anything like that. So, no, there was none of that in my, in my, uh, in my upbringing. Um, but like I say, I didn't do any research. I didn't really look into it. Um, it was just something, for, some, for whatever reason, I didn't want to know about. Is that because you don't like looking at the laptop? <laughs> uh, quite possibly, yeah. But even books, I didn't want to, like, keep your books and keep your Bible. I wasn't open to it, and I don't really know why. I don't know why. There was no real reason for me not to not to be open-minded about it. But like I say, these, these mad Christians kept uh, kept appearing in my life, and I started to ask questions. And I was asking, you know, I guess the questions we all we all sort of ask well what about this there's this in the world there's suffering in the world is this going on if god is good etc etc and um and it led me to a place i mean they, they would answer what they could and and if they didn't know the answers they were honest and real like, well, i can't really answer that but they they, they just showed me love in action not just saying it they actually act, they, you know their, their actions showed something so it just led me to a point of uh two questions really i was like well do I believe there was a guy called Jesus that walked around 2,000 years ago? Um, you know, and I looked into the Bible and I did some studies and I asked the questions and I looked at the evidence. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, I can get on with that. I believe Jesus was a guy that walked and was alive. And then the second question I had to, I had to ask myself was, if he was, then is he who he says he was? And, um, you know, not just some guy, not just some good teacher, not just some prophet. Um, is he the son of God? And again, I asked my questions, did my research, um, you know, and I was sceptical and cynical and, and I guess trying to, trying to pick holes in the people I was asking questions to. But actually, when I looked at it all, it stood and it's solid. And it was from there, I began to take it a bit more seriously, um, came to the conclusion like, okay, yeah, Jesus is who he says he is. Um, and then that brought me to the point, well, okay, if he is who he says he is, then what does that mean now? Do I, um, do I decide to, to follow him and take this a bit more seriously and look into it? Um, or do I just kind of completely reject everything that I found out? And because of that, what sort of decision have you made? Have you accepted it? Have you rejected it? Or are you still in between? No, 100% uh, accepted, uh, accepted Jesus. And, um, and the evidence in my life and my, and my uh, experience... I mean, it speaks for itself. My life is completely transformed. I don't just, I've not just exchanged a few behaviours that I used to do this and now I don't. Actually, no, my, um, there's, there's, an, there's been an internal change. My perception is different. My actions are different. My desire um, to be a better man is, is, is different. Have you ever been baptised? Is that something you've thought about? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of it, to, to be baptised. You know, I, th I think coming to Christ, <clears throat> there's that initial thing of, okay, I think I believe this. Yeah, I believe it. I've looked at it. I've made a decision. And then being vocal about that. Um, and this is what the Bible says. You know, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So, yeah. So they were the first two points. And then from that, yeah, okay, the, 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 the baptism, the submerging in water um, came after that as, a, as, a, as a, an expression. And how long ago was that, just out of interest? Uh, that was about five years ago now. Well, um, 2016. 2016, is that when you were in Reading there, did you say? No, 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 or I was, I was in Reading years before. before. Yeah, I was in Reading uh, 
what am I now? So I'm 33 now, so I was 28, so probably about eight years after I was in Reading. So it wasn't it wasn't a quick poof moment for me. Uh, it was a gradual kind of process. Like I say, man, I looked into it and I tried to pick holes and I tried to, uh, like I say, I'm cynical. So it took me eight years to get to a point of, okay, yeah. You do think nothing ever changes overnight just like that? Uh, no, I, th- I, I, I think things can um, can change very quickly. Uh, you know, nothing is impossible with God. But um, even on a human condition, you can make a decision to stop smoking one day and not smoke again. Um, you know, for some people, they go around that merry-go-round for a long time. For others, uh, saved or unsaved, you know, but even in Jesus or not, people have the power to make a decision. So, yeah, for me, the whole coming to, uh, coming to Jesus was a process. I think for others, it's more of like a bosh job done. And um, obviously, you've had a very... Well, everyone's got their own journey, and you've definitely been on that journey. But how do you feel the next five, ten years could be? Because as you say, mid thirties still isn't old at all. Let's call it early thirties. Early thirties. <laughs> early thirties, of course. Your age, your decision. I can't judge that. <laughs> but how do you feel like the next few years will go for you? I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, you know, it's you've got to be being a PT. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got to have energy, man. I've got a little bit of energy. Yeah, uh, coronavirus and COVID and lockdowns and all the changes. Um, you know, the world has changed. Uh, the world has changed, uh, fact. But how how do I feel looking forward? Um, I'm excited, really. Um, you know, there's opportunity. Um, you know, for myself, there's opportunity for growth and development um, in the area that I live. There's opportunity to work with people and actually make a difference. Um, and yeah, yeah, you know, like I say, from from where I've spent a lot of my life to where I am now, um, yeah, it's a very different outlook, and I'm very grateful. So community and backgrounds have definitely been an essential part, and having people around you, would you say, or would you say you're more of an inclusive person? Um, definitely, the people that you surround yourself with um, is important. Show me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are. Someone told me that once, and I thought, yeah, that's a yeah. that's a good little uh, good little good little friend. There we are. You said about the community work that you did, but did you know earlier this month, Patrick Quinn, the co-founder of the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, sadly passed away, age thirty-seven, suffering from ALS himself. ALS stands for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. However, it's a nervous system disorder that affects nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord, causing loss of muscle control. However, at the moment, there is no current cure for the fatal disease. However, Jason, have you done any charity work yourself or did you do the ALS bucket challenge when it was popular? Yeah, I remember the ice bucket challenge and, uh, and yeah, I went into a river and did it. Me and a friend of mine, we got into a river and it was freezing cold. Um, and it smelt a little bit as well. Probably not advisable now. Um, no, not not in the winter conditions that we're currently in. Oh no, it was winter. <laughs> was it winter? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Was it winter? It was cold anyway. I remember it being cold. It was outside. It was a river. Either way, it it's was not ideal, is it? But again, but, um, it's for charity. So yeah, yeah, I did that, and um, and yeah, charity work. Done quite a bit with it. You asked me about challenges earlier. I always try and line up um, something like that. It's like okay, doing something new. Um, is one thing pushing myself pushing my limits seeing where my limits are and if I find them great if I don't you know I've not found them yet I'm still here and there's more to be done but I, I, I like to tie that in stuff with charity work um, so just recently uh, 
couple of months ago actually, I did, um, there's an event called Run for Hope, which is an international fundraiser through Victory Outreach, um, and, it, and it raises raises money for, for world missions. Um, so what I did for this year's Run for Hope, I did a 100 mile challenge. So I ran from Liverpool to Manchester, and then I got on a bike and I biked down to Birmingham. I hope that was all not in one go. <laughs> yeah, back back to back. What? Serious? Yeah, so I, I think I had about 20 minutes stop off in Manchester just to get a quick shake down me and and uh, and get my rucksack sorted. Then I jumped on the bike and got straight down to Birmingham. So you were in Liverpool, <coughs> Manchester and then Birmingham in the space of one day? Yes. Wow. Yeah, no, that was good fun. Uh like I say, there's more fun. in there. I love the way you use the word fun. I can tell you're a PT, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that stuff, man. I like it. There's, um, yeah, there's a certain gear I think you're shifting onto a game day. I think anyone that does a race or a tough moiety or any sports event, you know, on a match day or game day, okay, the gear shifts. So um, charity work, I did that, and we, we I raised over a grand for that one. So that was good. That was cool. And what what charity did you donate to? Uh, this was uh, for United We Can, which, like I say, um, supports world missions. So they plant, they plant churches, and and um, and yeah, the work that goes on, the work that Victory Outreach does, is very ground level, very hands on. I know, uh, I know myself. That's that's where I came in, um, and I went through one of their recovery homes. What they call Victory Homes. I went through one of them, which is Christian living environment, and that's the last time I ever used drugs, uh, ever smoked. Any, anything like that and how long ago was this? September 16 that's when I went in wow. so I've not done anything since then so you've um, been clean for four years my maths is correct yeah four and a quarter years that's right yeah so I would say with that amount of time already gone there's no looking back uh, no not as far as I'm concerned no no I, th- I think it I think you can never never rule things out and think you you know you can never make a mistake because you know we're fallible and we can make mistakes but my eyes are fixed forward my, my uh, direction is forward um so yeah and that's that's the reason why i i, uh, I raise money for that charity is because they are they, they work with sex workers and prostitutes they work with homeless they work with uh, drug addicts they work with a lot of a lot of areas of society that either get just overlooked ignored well, people just don't know how to deal with them. You know, you see you see someone begging on the street, okay, you might offer a coffee or throw a bit of change, have a conversation, or maybe signpost somewhere. But a lot of people, that's kind of as far as they might get. And did you say yourself that you were homeless for a little bit? Uh, yeah, for quite a few years I was homeless uh, in Leicester and England. And how did you find that, being in the big city homeless? There were quite a few people walking by. Did they ever offer anything? Did you ever feel unsafe? Um, no, so I, I I quite enjoyed the chaos. Uh, I I never begged. Um, well, I say that I never sat begging. Uh, I used to I used to sell drugs and, and shoplift, so petty crime. Um, but yeah, I think I think when you're wrapped up in that, you can't see far beyond that. So, what was your motivation for actually starting the charity, or was it just something came aboard, someone said something, and you kind of thought, you know what, why not? Let's go. Um... No, I think it's in there, man. I think it's in there. I think I'm quite a generous guy. Uh, I like to think that I am. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's in there. And like I say, if I'm if I'm pushing myself or I'm doing a challenge, um, 
why not? Yeah, you know, I get the benefits of everything I've already said. Um, you know, doing a challenge, pushing my limits, and seeing where I'm at, and and all that stuff. But <clears throat> um, to raise awareness for a cause, to raise money, and um, you know, I've, I've I've raised money for for cancer research, um, for uh, like I say, United We Can. Uh, there's a palliative care unit in Leicester called Loros. I raised money for them as well. Um, why not tie it in? You know, if, if I think it's it's the opportunity. Okay, if I'm doing this, if I'm doing a marathon or I'm doing something, there's an opportunity there um, to get more mileage out of it. You were talking about people in the gym, right? How how do I, I get them to to either break barriers that they've got or, or go beyond? And I think it's that it's it's looking for them opportunities to get more mileage out of. So when you were out on the street, as it were, where, where were you living when you were <laughs> homeless there? Did you say? Um, so how did uh, you deal with day to day life? So I've I've, I've slept rough. Uh, I've been in and out of crack houses um, and squats. Uh, so yeah, just just that kind of circuit. Um, the homeless shelter thing came in a little bit later. Um, but did, what did they offer at the homeless shelter compared to out on the streets? How did you find it? Were they welcoming there? Um, do you know at the at the time when I was doing it, um, I didn't like the restriction. You know, you have to be in here, you turn up at a certain time to get a bed. Um, oh, is that how it worked? That wasn't my priority. My priority was uh, was drugs. So I wasn't, too, uh, I wasn't too down for them for a long time. And you said you were living in London, then you went to Leicester. How, what made you move up to Manchester? <laughs> um, so I was down in London. Uh, <clears throat> and um, I was using again, and I found myself sleeping rough around at Victoria Station um, and I had an opportunity to move up to a place called Buxton which is in Derbyshire in the Peak District so I had an opportunity to go there um, with a girl I was, I was kind of seeing she she got out of London left and gone up so I had this opportunity to go there and get clean sort myself out uh, so it was kind of that decision okay am I flat out again on the streets and doing this or do I get a coach up there and see if we can do it this time around? You know. So I took the uh, I took the bus up to Buxton, and I think I think I did about four or five weeks. I did me rattle, um, so you know I got the I got the gear out of my system, and then um, I realised you could you could score in Buxton, so I started using there. And again, you know, I've spoken about church and these mad Christians that that kept appearing to me, and it was kind of through through there Christians in Buxton. I, heard, I got taken to, what do you call it, like a conference. Some guy there, he took me to some Christian conference. I heard about a place called Victory Outreach. The, uh, the pastor's wife, senior pastor's wife was speaking there and it stayed with me, um, what they do and who they are. So when it came to that point again of, I can't do this, I'm done, I need some help. Um, I remembered uh, Victory Outreach and um, and they, they, they just got me straight in the door. Uh, I think it was a Friday phone call and I had a bed on Monday. There was no waiting times. There was no, okay, f you know, let's do an assessment. It was pretty much, okay, there's a bed, come along, and we'll talk from there. <clears throat> and then, you know, we did an induction and an assessment and everything. And that was in Manchester. Uh, since I went into that place, um, I've never looked back. Wow. And the story continues. Uh, yeah, and here we are, and life continues, yeah. Let's go, let's go. We'll let's go. Hopefully the next few years... Are just going to be progressing and making sure you're bettering yourself, 100%. and also bettering other people. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, which is also a big, big important thing. It's about. You said there about the charity work you did. Yes. 
a little bit that you may not know is that I'm currently doing a bit of charity work myself. Why? It's basically a 3,000 press-up challenge. Why? Which means you do 100 press-ups every day. Okay. I've seen, you, I've seen you November. presses. I've seen you doing press-ups, so that makes sense. So basically, we're on the 30th of November today, yep. which means I am at the very, very, very end of this challenge. Yep. However, I haven't completed it yet. Right. So, I need you to help me complete it. How many is that a day? A hundred. Thirty days in November. Okay, and you got to do a hundred press-ups a day? On average, if I wanted to do it nicely balanced. However, there's a big Facebook group that has been set up, <laughs> and there's lo- my social media is full of other people doing press-ups. They've been in the train stations, outside the post office, they've been in the park. I mean, lockdown, yeah. where, where can you train apart from your own room? Uh-huh. There's literally nowhere to train. But I've got about 30 left because obviously I did a little bit earlier because yeah, I didn't want did. to leave all 100 to 8 o'clock at <laughs> night. So I'm not doing that. However, I wanted you to put me in a position that's sort of grueled my body so I could press up differently because there's a various of different ways that you can do press-ups, isn't there? There is. Are you going to hit this 30 now? Yeah. Of course. All right, let's do it. So... Tell me a way of where to put my hands and how to make the most and what other muscles get exercised right. throughout a press-up. Because obviously a press-up is not just the chest, is it? No, so you've got your um, you've got your shoulders, you've got your triceps, that muscle around the back of your arm, you've got your core nice and tight, your uh, your glutes will be engaged, get them nice and squeezed as well to keep your core rigid. You've got a lot going on in a press-up. So, how do I do this? So we've got... Uh, Let's do it. Let's, let's 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 go first. You've got diamond press up, so make a little diamond shape with your hand. Diamonds are meant to be hard though, aren't they? Yeah, they're alright. This is gonna work. Is you're gonna feel this on your triceps right, a little right. bit. Is that okay? Is that a good That's good. I want you to keep your elbows good, not brilliant. brilliant. Check. <laughs> Put down there, keep them close and push back up. Let's right. do it. Go on, I've seen your presses are strong. One. One. All the way down. Two. Three. Alright, proper reps. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Are you hitting ten? Nine. Oh, go on. Eleven. <laughs> Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. You got five more. Sixteen. Seventeen. Eighteen. Go on. And twenty. <sighs> Excellent. <laughs> Catch wow. the rest. We good? Yeah. Why didn't I bring water up here? <laughs> oh, do you know what? Nah, it's all right. It's all right. Let's do this. Let's so you've got this. 10 left? Yeah. <laughs> okay, what about a plyometric push-up? Have you done those? I haven't even heard of the word right. plyometric. Oh, <laughs> so a plyometric is basically explosive. So if you can get a clap, great. But we just want to go off the floor. Hands off. Hands off. If you can get 10 claps... I think you've got ten claps in you. I've, I, oh, I don't. I don't really switch up my press up workout because I've been doing so many of them a day. Yeah. And my body really hasn't had a rest day for yeah. a, for a month from the press ups. I just wanted to keep it sane. So okay. the diamond one was a little bit of a a little bit of a beginner's sort of start with it. But this claps. I don't know how they're gonna go. Right. I've okay. never really done a, a press up clap before. So, you've got just like you've been doing. You, I mean, you've done what? Nearly three thousand press ups now. Yeah. You're like what? Ten off. 
So you stand your press up, get set up. When you come up, just explode a little more and get that clap, really push off the ground. Right. Oh, that wasn't great. Okay. I'm not really. Ignore the clap and just go off your hands. Alright, get a little okay. jump off your hands. A little jump. Let's do it. I'm not surprised, them close grips are quite. One, excellent. Two, easy. Three, four, go on. I think everyone can hear the, the bang as you hit the floor. Man. <laughs> we're, not, we're not on the ground floor, so we're hitting ceilings right now. Let's go. There it is. Six, seven, eight. Nine. You got some height, man. That was ten. easy. We're there. <laughs> I reckon everyone, everyone listening, could just hear <laughs> house party, bass drum. Oh my word! Nicely done. And is there another bosh? Is there another sort of um, <coughs> press up style that I can do? Because I just want to learn different things. Definitely. If you want to, if you want to hit the top a little bit more. Have your feet raised up on something like a chair or a ledge or a step, and then you've got your decline. Okay, so you're up nice and high, and then you press down. And what does that work in comparison to <coughs> just a normal standard press up on the floor? So it's going to be working, working everything, same as a normal press up, but you're going to target your top chest a little bit more. Okay. And is there any particular one that's better than the other? Um, no, they're all good. To be honest, they're all good. Press ups are a, a full body, um, yeah, compound exercise. Compound meaning you know using multiple muscles, not just one. So, I think it's preference. Um, you've 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 got a banging press up already. So um, yeah, mix it. If you've just done three thousand press ups this month, have fun with it. You apply metrics, get your close grip in. If you want to target your triceps a little bit more and your declines, you know, to make it a little bit more of a challenge. Top Mix it up and have fun with it. That's what I would say. No worries. You smashed it. No worries. But now we're on to the next thing. Right. Which is the quiz. Okay. So now, instead of me getting tested, yeah. it's you. All right, go on then. <laughs> We've got Jerome here, who you train, don't you? I train him in many ways, yeah. <laughs> Jerome, how are you doing today? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Are you ready for this quiz? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> are you ready, Jason? Let's say yeah. It's called Give Me Ten, because that's like your favourite catchphrase, isn't it? <laughs> give me ten, oh, I like that. <laughs> so I'm going to give you so ten military. I'm giving you ten questions, All right. they're multiple choice answers, and whoever gets them wrong has to do a few press-ups, because I'm just like, <laughs> that's what I've been doing. I've been doing 3,000 of those, so I'm sure yeah. you guys can give me ten. <laughs> yeah, right, no problem. Good luck. We say, Jerome? Good luck. <laughs> So, question number one. On the 25th of November 2020, Diego Maradona sadly passed away, but how many World Cups did he play in? Was it A, 2, B, 3, C, 4, or D, 5? What are you guys saying? I'm going to say. How many World Cups did he four. play in? 4? 3. 3. The answer is... Four, one, oh! Jason, one nil, Jason. I'm gonna have to write down the score here. I reckon. I'm gonna have to write down the score. I'm surprised. I'm Jason, surprised. Let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> now we're into it. That's it. Is that it? You got to give me ten. 
Well, not yet, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Although you can if you want. No. (laughs) So, 1-0 Jason. Excellent. Question number two. Which vitamin is created when your skin is exposed to ultraviolet light? Is it A, B, C, or vitamin D? D. D, D, sure, sure. You're right, it's vitamin D. Question number three, swiftly moving on. Children in need has raised how much money this year to the closest million? What are we saying? Just stabbing the darks here to the closest million. How much do you reckon it raised this year? Silence. <laughs> 62 so, million. 62. Oh, did, I, did I was, you watch it? Did you watch I, it this no, year? No, I was thinking 60. So 60. Very 62, close. 62. It was actually 41,085,627 pounds. I said that. So six, <laughs> so, <laughs> but for a bonus point, for a bonus point, Jerome, hey. how many years has it been running for? Is it A, 30, B, 40, or C, 50 years? Is this, just, is this just the Jerome? This is for anyone. Anyone can get this. I'm going to say 40. 40 as well? Yeah. You're both right. Excellent. I'll give you both a point for that. Question number four. <laughs> Which former One Direction member featured on Vogue's cover for December 2020 becoming the first solo male to do so? Was it A, Liam, B, Niall, C, Harry, or D, Louis? What are we saying? I only know Harry. <laughs> I only know. <laughs> yeah, that one. December 2020. The one with the girls' clothes. It's what he wears, isn't it? Women's clothes. Is that Harry? I, might, no, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, should I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you could get in a lot of trouble for saying I that know, now. It, let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> he says the one that cross-dresses. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, I think Harry. Yeah, see. Yeah. see. It is, it is. Right, question number five. What's the Guinness World Record for the most diamond press-ups in one minute? What do you reckon? Just stabs in the dark here. I don't, I don't think I need to give you multi-choice. 120, closest one wins. In one minute, that's two per, per uh, second. They, I've seen them Guinness World Records push-ups, man. They're like, like, they're just getting electric shocks. What do you reckon, Jerome? <laughs> A minute, that, 10 mate. seconds. Probably shouldn't say that. So like, nine, records. How many seconds? 70 seconds. 70 in that. 70 and 60 yeah. seconds. It's actually 88. So I got closest, isn't it? So Jerome got closest. See, something, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Question number six. It is all to play for. I didn't even think it'd be this tight, you know? But there we are. Question Fun. number six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get... You didn't get the football one, man. I'm surprised you didn't get the press up. <laughs> <laughs> Drop 10. <laughs> Joe Wicks has been a big influence with his YouTube channel, The Body Coach TV, over lockdown. But how many subscribers does he have to the nearest 100,000? <laughs> what do you guys think? Oh, wow, have you been watching him, Jason? I've seen bits of his, uh, his, uh, his, his PE stuff. I thought he did great. I thought he did great. Um, so then... So like 1.2 mil. 1.2 mil. 
3.2. He actually has 2.59 million. So what, what? Who who was closest? Just a card. You've got the scoring completely wrong. No, it's 5 on now. How is it five? Well, you've been ahead the whole time. How has he been I ahead the whole time? He's been ahead the whole time. I've been winning. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah oh, just really just for the thing, this is Kaleem interjecting. Hi. The independent adjudicator. Yeah. I, I listen to the VAR. <laughs> <laughs> the scores have been changing. He's very confused. Uh, very confused. He says I was losing. We're, we're on I five, was winning, five man. each. Five each, huh? Carry on. I know you want, don't want to be pressed up, so I'm looking after you. Mike Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr. in an exhibition match recently. However, how old was Mike when he won his first professional fight? Was it A, 18, B, 20, C, 22, or D, 24? 18. 18? That's the easiest one out of them. Are you sure? Yeah. Even though you got it wrong, because it was 20. I won the World <laughs> Championship at 19. Yeah. So I'll, you got it wrong. What? The quizzes got it wrong. 100%. <laughs> I got it, it wrong. Won, it was the heavyweight he went World Champion. after his Junior Olympics. <laughs> yeah. It's it a Junior Olympics you can only fight into up to like the age of 19. So you've 100% got that question wrong. He won, he won the World Championship at the age of 20. Right, so next yeah, question, Ole. <laughs> you said his first professional fight, not his first World Championship. Oh, so they technically got it right. Okay. That's all right though. We'll deduct the point of you. You didn't give us ten. I did. I did. I Flip the script. We've not got the deal. Right. The 2020 Olympics in Tokyo got cancelled this year due to COVID-19. However, in the last Olympics, how many medals did Great Britain win? Was it A. 47, B. 57? C, 67, or D, 77? How many medals did Great Britain win? Medals in total. In total, not gold, in total. How many did they rack up? I feel like 50 or 67. 47, I'm going to go with. 47. You're not really happy for Great Britain, are you? You're not a big host for them. <laughs> <laughs> It come down though from from the UK one. It came down. Yeah, that's true. And in the UK one, in twenty twelve, we were. I'm saying fifty seven. Fifty seven. I'm gonna stick with forty seven. It's actually sixty seven. Wow. So it's the most got semi three. Something like that. <laughs> I know it come down from the. They got UK quite a lot of golds to be fair. Yeah, it was but UK whether they get any more next year, I'm not too sure. Yeah, neither bad. I'm going to give you a football question for question number nine. Good, it's all been chip. Good. <laughs> Here's another one. Liverpool are currently the reigning Premier League champions. However, if you tally up the amount of points they've won in the last three seasons, what number do you get? Six, six, six. <laughs> That's what I'd love to say. We've got a United fans here. Uh, can I count it up? I've not got a calculator. <laughs> well, what calculation do you think they're doing? Do we get a joint? Do me and Jerome both get a point for this? Because we're now playing against you. Yeah, because you're on one. <laughs> <laughs> Minus one. I know the answers, but I know. Apart from that Tyson question. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to double check the rest of them too. You've got to double check this Tyson question. Yeah, I'm I think sure. all of mine have been right, actually. In the last three seasons, how many points have Liverpool won? Not including this season. In the total final game. Can I get the closest too? Yeah. Is it the closest too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The maximum amount of points you can get in a season is 114. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> 279. 279. Very confident. I'm not overly confident, but I know I'm not is it, far is around. Is it closest to? Okay. Yeah. 278. 278. <laughs> Just the course competition. It is. 271. Ooh, 271. I knew it wasn't far. I knew it wasn't far. Last I should have let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea where I was going with that. Didn't they come fourth, didn't they? They did. They came oh, fourth. Because they had to be the preliminaries for the Champions League. Question number 10. The final one. I've already lost anyway. Skip it. Uh, well, oh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> You're not a quitter. What's the Guinness World Records for the most marathons completed by a male in one year? Is it A, 179, B, 209, or C, 239, or D, 289? I think it's something ridiculous, like 289, you know? I'll go 239. Actually, 239. That's it, Jerome, you got that one. That one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 239. Oh, that's six, or? No, five, or whatever it is, six, or something like that. Are you just calling it a draw? Well, it was, actually. <laughs> I missed that one, then. I got that one wrong, then. And then you just got that wrong, so we're even again. Yeah. No, I'm sure I'm ahead of you. I'm a point ahead of you, sure. You're not, bro. Definitely. Because we both got. Where's Georgie Dawes? We, we both got the finger. How many medals <laughs> wrong? We both got how many red medals wrong? So. We're <laughs> <laughs> definitely still drawing. <laughs> but we're winning. Five each. <laughs> got a bonus question. A last bonus question. Do you actually know the answer to it, though? Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, bonus question. Whoever shouts it out first wins, but I will give you multi choice if you need it. But whoever shouts We're out. Gonna multi -choice, right? <laughs> I'm probably going to need it. <laughs> On the 1st of December 2020, which high street store announced its set to close, putting 12,000 jobs at risk? Jenny. Was it A, WH Smith? He's answered, by the way. B, Millie's Cookies? <laughs> or C, Debenhams? Debenhams! In with that, you know, those cookies. Well, you're wrong, Jerome. It was Debenhams. They well, announced he'd already said JD before he started doing that, so he's out. Hold on, I never in the rules. We're, we're recording that now, was right? never in the rules. Let, he just said the first one to shout out. He's out. The first one to shout out the right answer. Yeah, but he still shouted out. Oh, come on. Yes, yeah, I shouted right. out the first look, one. Look, this is biased. <laughs> this is really biased. <laughs> Do you want one more question? Hey, no, yeah, I won't. Just to me, that it? If I lose this question, I want one more question. It will be an all night. <laughs> I'm 
fine with that. <laughs> no, I think it's fair to say I won. Um, I think I'm it's not, fair to I'm say okay you're not going to get 10 out of that. <laughs> 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 and I'm okay with that. And you can be okay with that, because I'm more than okay with not doing 10. <clears throat> yeah, I'm okay with winning. That suits me. Works. Ish. Ish. It works. It doesn't. That head's no, massive, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Colleen, what do you make of this? Because he's got them all wrong. He got them all wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that might kind of thing. I literally Googled it. He's 18. <laughs> right, so so that puts the whole quiz in disrepute. So, I'm appealing this decision. <laughs> but no, thanks for having me on. And I think I'm going to enjoy FIFA. That's alright, no worries. Hopefully you're better at FIFA than you are at quiz. No, no. <laughs> Get on a pitch with me though, different story. Oh, you play a lot of football? Yeah, anywhere we can. Have <laughs> you been doing much in lockdown or not? No comment. <laughs> alright, thank you very much Jerome for coming on. Thank you, mate. And thank you very me. much Jason for everything. It's been a pleasure, thank you. Thank you. And we say thank you to Colleen for coming with the right answer at the right time. Yeah, I'm sort of been Googling all their questions. <laughs> <laughs> See? Who, who needs VAR? Blimey, VAR this, VAR that. When's it going to stop? <laughs> I don't know, though, what I need to practice more. My plyometric push-ups or my knowledge on boxing. <laughs> on a more serious note, though, the work Jason has done for charity is absolutely incredible. Victory Outreach that he mentioned there in the interview. If you want to go and find out more, please visit the website www.victoryoutreach.org. Throughout that interview, Jason also mentioned United We Can that works very closely with Victory Outreach and also Cancer Research and also Loris that's based in Leicester. I'll put all of the links to the charities down in the description so you can get a direct link to their website and Find out a little bit more about them if you want. The 3,000 press-up challenge that I completed there with Jason was absolutely remarkable. It's something that I never even thought I would do, but to actually do it, complete it, get through it and grind it was an incredible feeling. I mean, it was hard and tough, but what challenge isn't hard and tough? But as of the 5th of December, the press-up challenge raised... £821,993. And the best thing about it, this figure is still rising as we are still raising more, more, more money for the charity. Another thing mentioned in that interview there, or the quiz should I say, was Debenhams, as it is announced that 12,000 jobs are at risk as it's on the cusp of administration. However, whether any other high streets close, we'll have to wait and see. However, speaking of shopping high streets, it was Black Friday recently, and with COVID going on, it was a bit different this year. But let's see how lockdown has affected Black Friday as I went out to speak to the public. I think it's been positive. I think it's helped. A lot of people have uh, been at home. Some people have been working from home. So I think it's increased it. Sales, increased sales and popularity. That's it, really. I think it's I think it's helped. It's helped companies like Amazon, obviously, and people like uh, companies like Netflix and you know, because a lot of people have been doing uh, things from home, so social media, increase of that, in, the use of that has increased, and um, I just think generally it's been a positive thing, and uh, if you're comfortable with technology and you're good at using technology, it's been great. I think if you struggle, then it's, uh, it's been a bit more difficult, but hopefully, you know, people will get through it and look forward to next year. Um, I think it would have obviously have built more sales as everyone's having to do all the shopping online, so I think it's just increased online shopping in general, especially on Black Friday. 
And what shops do you normally shop at? Um, normally um, clothing brands such as New Look, H&M, that kind of place, yeah. And what do you think about the news about Debenhams? Obviously, they may go into recession. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I saw that on the news this morning, yeah. I think it's just the high street's been really hit hard this year, especially. Do you reckon it'll get any better in the future? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Me personally, not really, but I feel like because of it, I've had to do a lot more shopping online. And what sites do you normally go for when you shop online? Probably Amazon, eBay, and just little small few shops here and there. That's, that's about it. Terrible. Everyone's been affected by it. Everyone. Women, children, men, the lot. And it's everyone's fed up with it. I don't know. Because I don't participate in Black Friday. Because I think it's just exploitative of people selling stuff that they want to get off the shelves anyway. And it's also part of the uh, frenzy of consumption around Christmas, which is balmy. Contributing to no planet for your generation. Nothing left for you. Siberia's burning already. Be sulfur next. I've not seen much difference, to be honest, as, as from a normal day. So as far as I'm concerned, not that I've seen. And what shops do you normally shop at? Uh, post office and Tesco. And anything online? I, I haven't personally, no. Obviously, going into town, all the shops are closed, it's a lot quieter. I do prefer to go into the shops and shopping online, but shopping online at the minute has been really good, very efficient. Next day deliveries, every day there's something coming, so no, it's been all right, not too bothered. So there we have it a mix of different deals, a mix of different opinions, a mix of different shops. It looks like it's all been going on. However, it looks like the real winners are the online retailers, such as Amazon and eBay that you heard there, but also other shops that have the use of apps and delivery systems that can go straight to your doorstep. But thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We've covered so much today from the COVID jab to the Amazon rainforest that's changing. We've spoken to Jason. I mean, the insight and depth that he gave there was absolutely incredible. But also the quiz with Jerome. I mean, that boxing question of Mike Tyson, that's going to stick with me forever. So that's definitely something I've learned. And obviously the effect that Black Friday has had on all of us. Join me next time where I'll be speaking to more people, have more quiz questions and more information on what's happening in the world. Thank you very much and goodbye.